0: when the sun rises i wake up and chase my dreams i won't regret when the sun sets because i live my life like i'm a beast what up you're listening to the lifestyle practice podcast what's up guys Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. I am your host today, Derek Williams. I'm recording this today on a day when it is freezing cold, literally freezing cold here in Texas. It was 25 degrees outside when I went to the gym this morning, almost unbearable. It reminds me, though, of what it was like going to dental school in Omaha, Nebraska. It felt like that was just what it was like for half of the year, every year. And I'm sure it was only like maybe a month or two, but it just felt like the winters were unbearable. I remember one year I buzzed my head so that I could wear a ski mask to school so that I didn't have to worry about my hair. That's how cold it was. (laughs) So... I am definitely glad to live somewhere that I only have to deal with a few days a year that are below freezing. I'm really excited for today's episode. We've recently, in my family, my wife and kids, we've been reading The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. I love the book. Every day there's one page to read. And essentially, the first half is a quote from a Stoic philosopher, and then Ryan Holiday will add in some of his thoughts. If you guys remember, his book, The Obstacle is the Way, is my all time favorite book. But anyway, reading The Daily Stoic has been great because it really gives your mind something to think about throughout the day. It's just one short principle sets the tone, and gives you something to think about throughout the day. So today, I wanted to dive into one very large tenet of stoicism and help apply this to our lives as dentists, and that principle is kind of a two-part process, and here's what it is. The first is to recognize what is in your control and what is out of your control, then the second step is to, after you recognize those things, to then focus on and put energy into the things that are in your control. And maybe this seems totally obvious to you. Maybe you always do this. Maybe some of you have never really even thought about this principle before. So let's just kind of talk through some simple examples. So like I said, the first step is to recognize. So it all has to do with your perception and recognition. So For example, what is not in your control is whether or not there is traffic on your way to work. What is your control is what time you leave for work. Another example, what's not in your control, the weather outside, right? I mean, I started out with that. It's freezing cold. I am not in control of the weather, but I am in control of my ability to choose my activities on different days or appreciate the weather. Since the pandemic we've been homeschooling our kids and it's been so awesome because the days when it's just crappy weather outside we just we get schoolwork done we do stuff inside and then on days that it's nice when they would maybe normally be in school we can go and we can do some really fun stuff and there's not a lot of people out. So what this comes down to is a lot of times in life we just look at the things that we're not in in control of and it can be frustrating. But the goal here is to not focus on that, to flip it and to recognize what is inside of your control. Okay. So hopefully you're kind of getting the gist of things. It does take practice. And a lot of times, you know, you might have a a frustrating experience with something But if you can break it down into recognizing what you can and cannot control, it will help you to accept the things outside of your control and then focus your energy into what you can control. So I want to talk through a few different things that we see almost every day in dentistry as dental practice owners. So there's, in my mind, there's kind of three very common hats that we wear as dentists. One is in leadership, leading our our staff, our practices, our businesses. The second is managing patients. And then third is clinical, focusing on on clinical outcomes and, and those kinds of things. So I'm going to talk about each one of those and give a few examples in each of those categories. So the first category is leadership. One of the most common things that I hear in working with clients one-on-one is the difficulty in training and transforming your staff through your team. You've heard all of us say it many times, you're only as strong as your weakest link in your practice. And so a lot of our coaching process is really focused on how do we get the whole team up to eights, nines, tens, instead of sixes and sevens. As far as performers on our team. It's a very big part of our focus, because if we can't build that foundation, it's going to be very tough to move on. And so, what I want to do is is talk about how this principle relates in this situation. So, like I said, a lot of this process has to do with having the right people on the team and being able to train and provide feedback and, and all of that stuff. So, A lot of the times we think of and we focus on the things that we don't have control of. So in this situation, we don't have control of the amount of effort that our staff put in to the responsibilities and duties that they're given. Okay? We don't have control over how much effort they put in. We don't have control over how they respond to our feedback. Okay? So instead of just getting frustrated and focusing on those things that we don't have control of... Let's focus on what we can control. We can control our efforts as far as how we train our staff. A lot of times, when I'm working with the dentist and I hear the common complaint of, "Well, Susie's not doing this like I told her to," we have to. I have to go back and ask the questions, and we have to figure this out. We have to figure out, okay, is this something that the employee really is just not putting effort into? where it's something that's out of our control? Or is it an issue where we haven't really properly provided the support and the training? So are we giving them examples? If it's making temporary crowns, are we, are we showing them videos? Are we taking videos of ourselves making temporaries and then having them watch us? Are we watching them occasionally what they do? to find out what the steps they are and maybe where they're missing things? Are we providing feedback as far as telling them what they did good and what they can improve on? A lot of times we expect to make a request one time to our team members and we just expect that it's just automatically going to turn into the result that we want it to, which you know, I've been a victim of that. I've done that plenty of times. But again, in a way, that seems just unrealistic. It's just almost like kind of making a wish and just hoping that it happens without putting any effort into it. If you find that that scenario is happening with you, go back and ask yourself those questions. And instead of focusing on what you can't control as far as the employee and their efforts, focus on Your efforts and how are you providing support? Are you being positive with them and helping them to grow and improve? And it may very be possible, and it happens a lot, where you or I, as the dentist, is providing the feedback and trying to go through those proper steps to provide the support to staff, and they aren't giving, putting in the effort and the energy that they need to. And what that essentially means is that they may not be the right fit for the team. And so at that point, what is in your control is whether or not they have a job with you. And that means moving forward, looking for a better replacement, a better team member that's gonna help your whole team grow and letting go of that employee. And those situations are tough. If you'll go back and if you wanna listen to the interview that I did with uh, Dr. Daniel Baker, he had a difficult time letting go one of his staff members and took quite a while to do it. I've been through it as well. But again, prioritize. You've got to decide how important it is it to you to have success in your practice. If it's important enough, then you can't compromise those big things on there. You've got to have the right team in place. All right. So there's, there's area number one as far as leadership. The second hat that I talked about is patients, but I'm going to skip to clinical because it kind of ties into patients. So I'm going to talk about clinical a little bit first, and then that will kind of segue easily into patients. And the next hat that we wear a lot is clinical. We are basically providing procedures and clinical dentistry all day long that we are responsible for. So let's look at some of the things here, what we're not in control of and what we are in control of. We are not in control of whether or not our work is successful or if it fails. That may sound strange listening to it, but it's true. You can have the very best work that fails, okay? But you can control your effort in providing high-quality dentistry. You can control standing behind your work. You can't control... Sometimes sensitivity and issues, you know, you can have a a perfect crown and the patient ends up being sensitive. It's possible that there is there's an issue that you missed or something, but that's definitely still possible. I think even the best dentists that do almost perfect dentistry still deal with those issues as far as sensitivity or patients that are not perfectly happy with their work. But like I said, you can stand behind your work and you can provide the support to the patients that they need you can make the best denture out there and still have patients that are unhappy with it but what you can control so right you're you're not in control of patient satisfaction you're not in control of patient's perception of you but you are in control of the types of things that you do to help patients understand the the risks of any treatment and possible outcomes so for example i've had two patients in just the last couple months that have come to me wanting to make a set of dentures and have had very unfavorable mouths for dentures. And so I took pictures with my intraoral camera and I showed them the, basically the soft tissue attachment in their mouth and showed how there just was not very much depth to their ridges and how that's going to make it extremely difficult. And basically told them, look, I can make the very best denture for your mouth and you're probably still not going to be happy with it. I can go through all of those issues with them and tell them what's going to be difficult and that they're most li- not likely not going to be able to eat with it. And, you know, I can run through all of those things and then I can let them make the decision. If you still want to go through with it, you can. My job is just to communicate these things to you up front before we move into treatment. And if you're okay with those things, then we can do it but if you're not and you don't think you'll be happy with that then i don't recommend moving forward. so again, i cannot control the outcome. i cannot control their satisfaction, but i can try and tip things in my favor by doing that beforehand and and talking about those kinds of things. another example, when i talked about sensitivity with crowns. this used to be a very stressful part of dentistry for me it was crowns or even deep fillings or something like that, where I didn't really know if patients were going to have sensitivity. And then when they came back, I just, I would see their name on the schedule and it would just stress me out. I have learned since then to do something and to focus on what I can control. And that has brought me to a point of Uh, almost like Zen dentistry. It's been a long time since I've had a patient come in with something that they were very unhappy with. And it really all comes down to me talking about things before they happen. And I know we've all heard that before, but almost every single crown I do I take a picture before the buildup and basically cusps missing or decay or crack or you know whatever it is that's there. I take that picture, we continue to move on with the procedure. I put that picture on the TV in front of them so it's blown up real big and I show them what things look like and I just tell them, I, you know, very point blank, there is a possibility that you have an issue with this tooth. It's possible that you may need a root canal in the future. If it were me, I would do exactly what we're doing. I feel really good about this, and this is what I would do if I were in your situation. And I don't think we're going to have issues, but it is a possibility. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing my job communicating that to you and letting you know. Since I've been consistent at doing that, I've had almost almost no complaints. It's changed so much to patients coming in and complaining to now saying, Yeah, you remember, remember how you showed me that and you said it might need a root canal. I'm thinking that's, that may be what's happening. It's just totally changed the stress level of dentistry for me. And again, that has come from when I run into those tough situations, I run into the failure or whatever this is that's stressful. And I realize, okay, what is outside of my control and what is inside of my control? And I focus on what I can control. And that is what has helped me to improve and have better outcomes. Okay, so that's clinical. And obviously, you can control how committed you are to your work and your craft. You're in control of how much time you put into perfecting procedures and staying committed to protocols and situations where you know things are going to succeed. So that's important. The last category comes down to patient communication. Um, and patient management. And I think that's why I said that this segues into that as well very easily, because some of the examples that I just gave really have a lot more to do with communicating with the patients than they do what you actually do in their mouth clinically. But another example is helping the patient to be involved in their clinical decisions. So I'll give an example. It's not uncommon for me to, on a tooth that has very deep decay, if it's symptomatic, we're usually gonna move forward with a root canal and crown. If it's asymptomatic but very deep, I'll tell them that there's a possibility that we will be able to treat the tooth without having to do the root canal. But I treatment plan for a root canal and crown and I let them know, I said, hey, this is worst case scenario and we may be able to get away Without having to do the root canal, but I want to let you know that I'll make sure that we're on the same page. And after I get in, after I get them numb and get in there, remove the decay. It depends on what it looks like, and a lot of times, what I'll do if it's if it's very deep or I can see the outline of the nerve, but it's not a blatant exposure, I'll take a picture in in the middle of the procedure, put it on the TV, I'll sit them up, and I'll just show them. I'll say, "Hey, look, this is this is really deep." This could go either way at this point. And I'll let them know, I'll give them like a percentage chance that I think that they have of being able to not have to do the root canal. And then a percentage that, hey, we could fix this and you could be in pain and we could still have to do the root canal. that can be a little bit difficult sometimes, but I have found that patients really like to be involved in the decision-making process for the most part. There are occasionally patients that just say, you're the doc, you tell me what I should do. I'll just make a clear recommendation to those Patience of what I think is best. But a lot of times it kind of comes down to, well, are you okay with the risk of possibly being in pain and having to go back into the root canal? Or would you rather just do the root canal and not have to even deal with that? And when I can show the picture to the patient and talk through that and let them be part of the decision-making process, I have much better outcomes as far as patient satisfaction. Let me give one other example in that realm. I can't control... How much money patients have or how they live in their life that allows them to prioritize dentistry in their life. I can control if I offer financing options. I can control prioritizing certain treatment that may be higher priority and then allowing them to save up for a few months down the road for things that are lower priority that we can probably wait on. Some situations it's a lose-lose in my book at times. Patients need a lot of work done and they don't have any money or very little. There's certain situations where I don't think that there's a lot that we can do. Either you've got to offer a steep discount or do some charity work. But what I have found is that, again, I can't control their financial situation, but I can control how I listen and how I show empathy. I can still control that side. So even though I may be a little bit more uh, strict as far as collecting things up front or making financial arrangements before being able to offer the dentistry. I can control how I listen and try and show that I care about the patient and let them know that I'm here for them, even though I'm not exactly providing them with a perfect solution. It's not my job. My job is not to give them a perfect solution. It's just to let them know what their options are. So, That kind of wraps up that portion as far as patient communication. What I wanna challenge everyone to do is think of something from the last month or the last week, some situation that has been frustrating for you, has maybe been on your mind, and I want you to write out the things in that situation, and then I want you to break it down. What, out of all of those things, what is in your control and what is outside of your control? And when you do that, It's going to help you know how to change your focus and help you know where to put your time and energy. So let me know if you guys do that. I'd love to hear your experiences. You can always email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at the Lifestyle Practice, or you can always post on our Facebook page, the Lifestyle Practice Podcast for Dentists. Have a great week, everyone. Always feel free to reach out to us if you're interested in taking your practice to the next level. That really is what we excel at. We have our online course and it helps a lot of dentists to really take ownership of their situation. But if you're ready to really push your practice and take it to the next level and to have the lifestyle that you want and have your practice revolve around your lifestyle instead of your lifestyle revolving around your practice, reach out to us. Let's get going. Let's put in the time. Let's make the plans and help hold you accountable to get yourself to where you want to be. So take care. have a great week everyone and I will talk to you later. sweat I live my life it's all